Welcome back to episode 56 of Anime Deep Dive, the podcast that does in-depth reviews of different anime series. Due to the extent in which plot points will be discussed, a spoiler warning will now be in effect. This is a spoiler review, so if you haven't seen a series and are only looking for a recommendation, there will be a timestamp in the episode description you can skip to called Final Thoughts. This section will be spoiler-free where I give my overall opinion on a series and whether or not I think it's worth your time to watch it. So now that that's out of the way, let's deep dive into the familiar of Zero, Knights of the Twin Moons. Released in 2007 by Studio JC Staff, it has 12 episodes and I continued the series in sub. Saito saved everyone from the beginnings of war, missing his opportunity to return home. The chance may have been lost this time, but the goal remains the same as Saito dreams of getting back to his own world. The foreseeable future has Saito remaining at Louise's side as a familiar, fulfilling his duties as Gandalfir. The pair have now been requested by the Queen to aid in the prevention of an escalating war. Louise continued to be a loudmouth this season and needs to shut the hell up. Saito is discussing modifications made to the airplane to ensure it can take off safely, and she interrupts him demanding they leave. Yeah, let's just ignore if this craft can even take off and collide into a wall instead. Two seconds later, Luis is screaming at Saito they're going to crash. She didn't seem too concerned about it moments ago while popping off. Luis is so immature, she got mad at Saito for keeping the investigation of who stole the rings from the principal a secret. How could he tell her? Anytime he opens his mouth, she ignores and beats him. Right when there is some growth for Luis, it's one step forward, two steps back. She promised to stop calling Saito a dog, hitting him, and making him sleep on the floor. This didn't even last an entire episode. I'm conflicted on this next point. If Louise was filled in on the plan, maybe she'd be better equipped when entering the situation, but once again, she needs to keep her mouth shut. Agnes clearly states she doesn't have time to explain, and Louise still demands an explanation. Then while eavesdropping and discovering the princess had been kidnapped a second time, Louise damn near blows their cover. But we find out one way to shut Louise up is to kiss her. She had more action girl on girl this season than with Saito. I will say I almost feel bad for Louise this season. She was only ever brought along on missions because of Saito. If they weren't attached at the hip, Louise would get left behind every time. Louise remained incredibly jealous of Saito's female friends. She can't just be honest with her feelings, even when he's expressed clear interest in her. Instead of declaring romantic desire for Saito, Luis always reverts their relationship back to that of a master and familiar, confusing Saito in the process. Saito's pretty straightforward when it comes to dealing with Luis. He told her he didn't go back home because leaving her alone in a dangerous situation isn't what he wanted. He never turned it into some bullshit about doing his familiar duty. Poor Saito can't catch a break. I knew the glasses that got stuck on his face were going to get him in trouble. Saito was getting blasted for every girl he looked at. It was ridiculous. Eventually, the smoke from one explosion wasn't even clear before the next spell was cast. And I was actually with Luis. I understand getting excited by Kirke, but Tabitha, that was surprising. Before these two even got to the parade, I knew Saito was going to lust for the princess, which would earn him an extra powerful ass whooping. After that whole debacle and Saito was released from prison by the royal guard, I thought things were looking up. He dodged the draft being a familiar and non-noble, then he gets pulled back down. I thought basic training was a good idea because it wouldn't hurt. Like Agnes explained, if a mage's wand is taken, they're screwed. The same goes for Saito if Dell or a practical weapon isn't close by, he's useless. So training sword skills of his own outside of the ancient abilities granted to him by the insignia would come in handy. It's just a shame his chill time was cut off and he got beat with a stick in front of everyone. The next injustice would be Saito getting thrown back into complete familiar status when visiting Luis's home. He's once again not allowed at the table and has to sleep in a storage closet. Siesta at least gets an actual room. I would say Saito gets treated like an animal, but these girls have an entire farm worth of pets cozy in their bedroom. 
I'm happy Dell got to keep his glow up from last season. No longer a rusty blade, my guy got some shine to him now. I love that Dell has all the answers, but no one bothers to ask him questions. He waits for the last second to be like, hey, use the incantation book. Dispel should just appear for you now when you need it. He even has good relationship advice, gave a visual demonstration jumping in and out of his sheath when telling Luis to ask Saito to make love to her. More has learned about Saito and his powers this season. The reason Gandalf here is powerful enough to defeat armies in the thousands is due to void magic taking an extended amount of time to cast. While Luis charges her great powers, it is Saito's job as a familiar to stop all incoming threats. This season did an amazing job of building a romance for Luis and Saito. I thought him confessing in the boat, stating who would put up with all the hardship he does willingly if not for love, was great. I wish we would have seen Saito contemplating these feelings a little more before he blurted it out in the boat, but it was still nice. Now Saito repeating the I love you to get some action was not cool, but I can't say he's the first or last horny teenager to do that. Then they get caught by the entire family, Saito you old dog. Now what I really want to know is how far they went in the love boat. Del saying one step away could mean a lot of things. Having the misunderstanding with Eleanor be the reason Luis goes back to not being in a relationship with Saito was weak. Especially when Luis hooked up with Siestas, so she has no room to talk. When Luis dressed up for Saito, she couldn't get over the embarrassment of everyone seeing her. She claims she did it for Julio and insults the hell out of Saito. At this point, I was done with Luis. Saito deserves a better girl. Henrietta had it rough this season. Her country is at war and she's being forced to take a crown she doesn't want, making her queen. I noticed last season Henrietta never once called Saito by his name, but now that she needs a favor every second episode, she actually addresses him properly. Henrietta and Wale's was a tragic romance to say the least. They didn't get to spend much time together with him being on a floating island and both of them having nations to rule. A big deal was made out of their oath to the water spirit, but Henrietta kind of forced Wale's to make that pledge. Notice he finessed the hell out of it, not saying he loved her, just that he would walk hand in hand along the waterfront. Henrietta is over here swearing life after death and Wallace is like, I'll be seen in public with you. Having Wallace come back to life was obviously some magic bullshit, but Henrietta ate it up. Claiming it was a double who died was nonsense, Luis literally saw the prince die in front of her eyes. And he gave his ring to Luis, so how could the Wallace that appeared now on the balcony have the same ring on his finger? Henrietta is a moron, Wallace looks and talks evil, he couldn't say I love you when they were first at the lake, now he says it every other sentence like a robot. Her knowing about the Ring of Anvery's powers and a group of people including her best friend telling her Wallace is a phantom, she still gets offended claiming it's not true. They say love is blind but this is just pure stupidity. Tabitha who I didn't realize was so down with the shits filled fake Wallace with holes and Henrietta still couldn't accept the truth. The only positive I have for Henrietta this season is the princess looks damn good with her hair up. Mission or not, she was all over Saito getting touchy-feely and kissing. Agnes is a musketeer placed in charge of protecting the princess. She's an attack now, ask questions later type of gal. Agnes has a hatred for mages because her village was burned to the ground by one when she was a child. Yet she takes pride in protecting the princess who is also a magic user. Henrietta gave me a title and purpose. Agnes can't have it both ways, either she hates magic users or she doesn't. She's also a snitch, blowing up Saito's spot telling Luis he was acting frisky with the princess in the jail cell. I guess that's karma for Saito exposing Geish last season. Agnes and the musketeer force interrupting class to do military training for the girls was laughable. Up to this point, her entire squad got washed by Wale's and they'd yet to do anything significant. Luis could have blown up the princess in the parade if she wanted to, their response time was atrocious. Having one of Agne's soldiers be a spy was a good storyline. Stamping the breast being the evidence marker, I'd expect nothing less from the principal. 
I couldn't remember which girl was a spy until the principal stated the rings were fake. The purple haired girl had the biggest reaction giving it away. The vice captain was the thief and spy who stole the ruby rings. Once again, the series did an amazing job bringing back previous elements of the story to play an important part later. The purple haired vice captain is the one who got Saito to realize his Gandalf ear powers couldn't always be relied on, so he trained. This led him to being able to disarm her with a fire poker and prevent Agnes getting slashed. Having Leishman be the only one to believe the vice captain's father is innocent was like, duh, he did it, so of course he knew her father wasn't guilty. Leishman was also an enemy of Agnes, and the first instance of her being useful is when she killed him with a sword through the heart. Maybe this boosted Agnes' ego. She had a pretty confident tone when addressing the men held up in the cafeteria at the academy. They already broke in and beat half the musketeer force with ease, taking all the students hostage. What made Agnes think they would be intimidated by her? I personally think Agnes is trash. She is a poor excuse for a leader and let the enemy in her ranks. Her stubbornness almost had Saito and Colbert trapped in the secret library. They had to carry her useless ass to safety. I will say it was mighty convenient one of the men Agnes has been looking for would show up at the academy she's posted at. When Menville went into talking about how he burned a village before, it was too much. That was 20 years ago and he chooses now to tell that specific story? Like, come on. I was cool with Menville dying. He says he likes the smell of humans burning. Yeah, no need to have a heart for that guy. And who would have thought the other man Agnes was looking for was so close by all this time? She put a sword to Sensei Colbert's throat when he didn't want war brought onto the campus. His explanation of learning is the best way to prevent future war is extremely valid. Colbert used to be vicious, but after saving Agnes from burning in a fire he caused showed him the error of his ways, forcing him to change for the better. Trying to right that wrong, fighting Menville, Sensei Colbert was on his Azula tip with blue flames. But my god, Agnes is useless. Colbert had to push her out of the way of Menville's attack because she was so fixated on revenge. She wasn't mindful of her surroundings, causing Colbert to die, which I completely forgot about. Tabitha and Kierke don't listen to Colbert and get washed fighting the goons. We didn't get much of the old side characters this season, and if this is how they were going to be portrayed, I'm happy about it. They were super underutilized along with Geish. I grew to like Geish in the previous season. He got by on the skin of his teeth during the start of the war, and now he's forced to re-enlist and go off again. It literally takes this man facing death to get his girl to admit she cares about him. Then one new pretty boy later, she forgets about Geish. Enter Julio. I love an opportunist. Saito recognized all the males at the Magic Academy being drafted to the war leaves him hundreds of options better than the violent Louise. Unfortunately, Julio comes in at this time and even Kierke drops Saito for him. The series was like, okay, we killed off our strong, handsome blonde prince. What can we do to replace him? Well, we still have Geish. Look, this isn't a time for jokes. I need serious answers only. Well, why not immediately after Wale's second death, we introduce a strong, handsome blonde knight? I don't know, won't people see right through that? We'll give him different colored eyes. No one can say we rinse and repeat ideas then. Saito's unlucky streak continues from last season. Wardays wanted to inspire him to see his skills and challenge for Luis. This season, Julia wants to test Saito's skills by having a go at him, with the winner getting a kiss from Luis. Now, I thought Luis was actually mature for once, insisting Saito not fight and create unnecessary issues. Then she pretty much ties his hands behind his back forbidding him from using Dell. Saito was set up to get rocked two days in a row with wooden swords in front of a crowd of girls. Saito rejecting a kiss from Luis was too good, not just because he didn't earn it, but it really hurt her ego. Julio really knew how to mess with Saito from throwing the duel to telling him he wants to give him a kiss. He continued taunting Saito by letting him know all the girls at the academy willingly showed him their chest during the investigation to discover who had the seal. Julio was smart to not blindly follow what was happening. 
Suspecting Catala had staged an attack on herself to avoid suspicion of stealing the ruby rings was clever thinking, even though it turned out to be incorrect. Eleanor was the eldest of Louise's sisters and the crankiest. Unlike the other girls in the family, her hair is blonde instead of pink. I believe this jealousy causes her to be a tyrant. She was so rude and mean to Louise in front of their mother, I wish Louise had shouted I have void magic right then and there. Eleanor is hell-bent on getting Louise married off. She can't get married herself because who would want that cranky old cow? The switcheroo was perfect. Louise and Siesta accidentally kiss thinking it's Sido next to them. Then Sido crawls into bed with Eleanor and cops a feel. You can't even explain that away like, No, it was an accident, Eleanor. I thought I was groping your sister. During Sido's punishment from Eleanor, we discover where Louise got her proficiency with a whip. Siesta was last season's best girl, so I was very surprised how much she was put on the back burner. Granted, a lot of new characters were introduced this season, but that shouldn't be caused to sacrifice so much time with the characters I had come to know previously. Siesta was used for nothing more than boob jokes for the first quarter of the season. When she was brought into the story, it was by Eleanor dragging her along the trip home with Saito and Luis. That made no sense. You can't just walk into a school, grab a maid, and say, you're coming to another town with me. That's called kidnapping. I wish you would have been brought into the story in a more organic way. I am a fan of continuity and this series has it. When Louise fired an explosion at Saito and Siesta when she thought they were kissing, the next scene had them riding in a scorched convertible carriage. As for romance, Siesta was under the impression Saito and Louise had become official lovers, but when that turns out to not be the case, she decided to throw her hat back in the ring. Season 1, Saito saw Louise in a maid uniform. This season, she dressed as a cat girl. It was mentioned in the first episode this season, but Saito has a fetish for sailor outfits. This is confirmed when he freaks out and buys one at the marketplace. He wasn't going to waste his treasured uniform on that cranky washboard Luis. He gives the outfit to Siesta to wear. She's still in the race for his love. This is where I feel the show really dropped the ball with Siesta. They made her vindictive competing for Saito. She lied and said Saito invited her to his room. She rubbed it in Luis's face that Saito gave her the sailor uniform, claiming it wouldn't look good on her then tried to make helping Saito unpack clothes for Eleanor more than what it was. These aren't the traits of season 1's best girl. The villains this season were not messing around. Cromwell, the mysterious big bad who stole the rings from the water spirit and was captured at the end of last season, is murdered by his own people in the first episode. Showing he wasn't shit when it came to what the evil squad had planned. What is this series infatuation with secretaries being evil? Sheffield is not only Lord Cromwell's replacement, she is the one who killed him. Moving into the finale, Louise didn't learn from Colbert's death or the message he left behind. She agrees to massacre an army to impress the princess. The fact Henrietta would ask this of her friend is twisted as hell. Louise was ready to kill everyone in town but then makes Saito carry a wounded enemy because it would hurt her reputation as an aristocrat if she left him to die. This girl is so annoying. After she tells Henry to live and return home to the ones he loves, she immediately volunteers for a death mission. The ending battle is one I've gone back to randomly, pulling it up on YouTube out of the blue. Is it because it has amazing animation and visuals? No. Is the fight choreography spectacular? No. But what this battle has is emotion and heart. Saito throughout the wedding has already made up his mind what he's going to do. He will make sure Luis gets to safety and hold off the enemy forces of 70,000 by himself. Giving citizens time to escape, Saito will fight to protect his friends and loved ones. Saito doesn't go into the battle thinking he will win, he doesn't even go in expecting to live. Saito and Del have a conversation at the top of the hill of if Saito can make it. Del keeps it straight and tells him no. Saito doesn't go out like a punk, taking on ogres and mages. After deflecting volleys of arrows, he collapsed on the battlefield surrounded. In his final moment, Saito screams out to Louise. 
Once again, Louise's pride and selfish actions lead to trouble as Saito's flower loses its glow. I didn't like Eleanor, but I agree this was all Louise's fault. I was okay having Saito being brought back, not leaving his end to be a season cliffhanger, but I wish they wouldn't have ended it goofy. I get that's the series tone, but I would have had Saito returning to the academy and end on their silent words. Also leaves speculation if he was brought back by the Avendee ring like Wale's was. Just to briefly touch on the animation, with only a year's difference from last season, there were great additions made to the production. Saito flying in the airplane during the opening scene alone had great camera work that I can't recall being present in the first season. Now let's get into some nitpicks. When Saito and Louise take off in the plane going through the wall, the plane would have not been able to leave a hole like that. The wall would have won and the plane would be destroyed. When Luis reads from the propaganda wall about the war, it stated the damage to their side was minimal. Imagine a loved one died in battle and your government labels your family loss as minimal. I mentioned Julio is crafty, so I was surprised he had been captured along with the principal when Menville attacked the academy. The final nitpick is a pretty heartless question, but who's going to make bullets, gasoline, and repairs to the airplane now that Colbert Sensei is dead? Best girl waifu and harem. Best girl is Catala, the middle sister. She is dimey. I'm with Saito, she is by far the most devel- I mean, beautiful of the three. But why do the good ones have to be in poor health? Damn you anime. I loved how Catala could read Louise like a book, knowing she's in love during their sleepover. She encourages Louise to sneak off to see Saito. She also arranged an escape for them from the mansion and treated Saito like a human, even calling him a knight. Then Catala was falsely accused of being the ring thief, but I knew she wouldn't be able to do all that with her poor health. I wouldn't call Catala a waifu, but she is most definitely added to the harem. Final thoughts. I had so much fun with The Familiar of Zero, I couldn't not watch the second season directly after. This season overall stepped it up. I was a little sad some of the side characters weren't in the forefront and a large portion of the time was spent on people I didn't care about, but the way the season ended made up for all the small things I wasn't a fan of. I was left excited to see where the story would go next. I 100% recommend people continue with The Familiar of Zero franchise. Alright, that's going to be it for this week's review. Hope to catch you in the next one. Bye.